Ben glanced into the rearview mirror. Abele shook his head imperceptibly. Ben took his lead. Pulling out his wallet, he said in his best French, Je n'ai que 400 francs. I only have 400 francs. The guard looked at him suspiciously. Get out, he said to the Tracys in English. Ben and his father did as they were told, then stood uncomfortably by the side of the car. The guard snatched Ben's wallet and pulled out the few crumbled notes that had been left there. He gestured impatiently at Ben's dad, who was also relieved of his money. The cash in his hand, the guard visibly lost interest. Allez, he muttered before turning to the next car. But he stopped in his tracks when he heard Ben speak. What are we paying for? he asked. The guard looked back, a dangerous look on his face. His right hand lightly touched his AK-47 before he answered, Taxes. Just get back in the car, Ben's father hissed. Another look at the face of the guard persuaded Ben that maybe his dad was right. The two of them quickly got back inside and shut the doors. Abele sped off. Ben couldn't help feeling indignant at having been so blatantly robbed. That wasn't taxes, he burst out. Was it? Abele shrugged. I already told you, in the Congo, the only man safe from voler is the man with no money. But they were policemen, not robbers. Then you should think yourself lucky, young Ben, Abele intoned. If they were real robbers, you would have been searched, and if they had found more money in your shoe. He put two fingers to his head to indicate a gun before making a clicking sound with his tongue. Then why on earth did you tell us to conceal our money? Ben's dad asked, unable to hide his anger. Abele shrugged again. On this road, you are probably safe from that kind of robber. He thought for a minute before adding, In the daytime, at least. They drove on in silence. Ben felt the sickness of uncertainty in his stomach. Maybe his mum had been right, maybe he really shouldn't have come. The idea of Dr. Bell Kelland, world-famous environmental activist, trying to ban her son from travelling had seemed pretty out of character, but she'd been adamant. The Democratic Republic of Congo was one of the most unstable places on earth, she had fumed, and she had been shocked that Ben's dad, or your father, as she would always disapprovingly refer to him, had even suggested that Ben accompany him on his trip to examine mineral deposits. It's just too dangerous, Ben, she had told him before changing tack a little. Look, love, I'm not going to ban you from going, but just think about it carefully, OK? OK, Mum. He'd been as good as his word, reading up on the country that used to be known as Zaire on the Foreign Office's website. The travel advice had been fairly straightforward. Don't do it. The DRC had been ravaged by civil war. Violence and unrest were everywhere. Back in England, though, the warnings had just been words. Now Ben began to understand this strange land in the middle of Africa was clearly a very dangerous place. Bell had eventually become resigned to Ben's decision to go, but she had still been full of instructions. 
Don't forget to take clean water with you wherever you go, and make sure you and your father take your malaria tablets. Ben was snapped out of his reverie by the sound of his dad talking enthusiastically. I'm a scientist, Russell was saying. A chemist. Your company believe they've hit upon a rich vein of coltan in one of their mines. I would not know about that, Abele muttered. I just run errands for the boss men. Ah, well, it's a very interesting substance, coltan. Ben's attention wandered again. He'd heard this more times than he could count. Without coltan, there would be no mobile phones, no computer chips, no playstations. It sold for $100 a pound, and anyone who mined it would be rich. The mine is in a village in the east of the country called Udok. Are you familiar with it? Of course, but I would not travel to Udok if it were up to me, Abele muttered. Why on earth not? Abele paused.